Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pre-Construction Podcast. Today's guest is Paul Hedgepath, the Director of Virtual Design and Construction with MJ Harris out of Birmingham, Alabama. Now this is episode 7 of our BIM VDC series, so if you haven't caught the first 6, please do so. We have had some incredible guests. Um, as always, available on iTunes, Spotify or YouTube. Now back to Paul. So Paul's an interesting character. At a very young age, he was curious about 3D modeling, probably mid-high school, um, as he recalls, and he has continued to pioneer 3D modeling since. Since graduating in 2005, went straight into Holder as one of two engineers that really started up and evolved the BIM division that they have there now. He spent about just over five years there, quick stint at JE Dunn and is now leading the way for MJ Harris Construction Services out of Birmingham, Alabama. As always folks, enjoy the podcast and please like and share with industry peers, colleagues or even your friends. Paul Hedgepath, welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. No, it's great having you on board. Um, so let's uh, let's set the scene, Paul, for all or any of the, the viewers or, or audience that have never come across your details or have never come across one of your speaking events. Give us an idea of what you're doing right now, who you're working with, a little bit of background on MJ Harris, and then your current role there. Okay. Yeah, I'm currently the uh, director of virtual construction at MJ Harris. So I've been doing that a little over uh, nine years. And part of my role is dealing with all the uh, BIM and the VDC within the company. So that deals with coordination and, and all the other things that are involved with BIM uh, in regards to supporting pre-construction and the field and business development and whatever else we need to do. But outside of that, also dealing with construction technology, whether it's uh, robotic total stations, laser scanning or drones, uh, 360 photos and videos on job sites or anything in re regards to technology to support our construction processes is what I'm in charge of as well. Very good. Very good. So uh, how did this come about? What we'll do is we'll quickly jump back to Auburn University and I see that you're uh, proudly got the background of uh, AU right there. Um, yeah. 2005, graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Building Construction. Um, but what I like about your, your background, Paul, is even prior to that, for four, five, maybe even six years, you were heavily involved in 3D modeling. How did that come about or what made you get involved in 3D modeling and in and around the, the millennium, 2000? Um, I'd say around uh, 1996, uh, when I was in high school, even starting in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, I'd go to the vocational school. So that was about three hours a day, every day. Um, and we started on with board drafting and CAD drafting. Then we also then we started doing modeling, uh, some CAD-based modeling back then while I was in high school. And then my senior year in high school, I would go to an architecture firm after school and work there. And at that time they had, and it was, it was Form Z and some earlier um, 3D softwares that we used as well as other draftsmen how I do uh, schools and uh, large developments and different things like that, um, drafting at that point. And then I went on to work full time uh, for that architecture firm for a few years and got an associates in drafting, architectural drafting at the same time. And then went on into architecture school 
at Auburn and decided I wanted to lean more towards the construction side of things and change to building science. So that early uh, exposure to drafting and architecture and modeling really got me interested in, in all those types of areas of construction and design. And then once I got over into the construction field and then later graduating and going to Holder Construction, we started to kind of, that was in 2005 was, time, was around the time when uh, BIM and, and the design side on the, from construction companies started getting more popular. So I was able to integrate that uh, interest and knowledge into what I was already doing in construction and have to start that up. And then some other guys at Holder, then on to Jay Dunn and now at MJ Harris for about nine years and using construction technology and graphical uh, software to uh, kind of marry those two things together. Very good. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I would imagine the, the extracurricular stuff that you did at high school would have served you well during your, your degree at Auburn. Was that the case? Were you, did you find yourself a little bit ahead of everyone else during some of the modules? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I would say it sparked my interest to put me in the right direction. Uh, while at Auburn, we were more focused on construction education, but having that hybrid allowed me to say, hey, this is something that we can that I can do or pursue once I graduated because really at the time it really wasn't commonplace and people weren't doing it, but it made it a top of mind option to really um, utilize those skills later on. Brilliant, brilliant. And then Holder, um, I saw that you were one of the first BIM guys on board with those guys. What was that like, uh, especially at the, in those early days? Was there much uh, buy-in from the senior leadership to, uh, to do with BIM and BDC? What were the challenges of that? And, and how, how enjoyable was that trying to bring BIM and VDC to the forefront of, of such a big general contractor? It's good. It was good. So you know, me and a couple other guys were able to really, you know, start from nothing and really establish standards and the processes. And I was able to work on a large hotel project in pre-construction and then carry that on over into the new uh, BIM department. And so I was able to see it from both sides. So this was a, a hotel uh, downtown Atlanta the Aquarium Hilton Garden Inn is across the street from the uh, Georgia Aquarium. Uh, so it was, it was good to see that process of the transitions from pre-con to operations and carried on all the way through the construction. And at the time, you really didn't have any uh, trade partners or designers modeling that much or so being able to take everything and model from scratch and coordinate it all and, and really introduce a lot of the trades and the design team to what this whole BIM process is that's now commonplace for everybody. It was was pretty good. So being able to start from nothing and, and kind of create your own standards and, and make it a success was, was great for all of us. Very nice. Be beautiful project to cut your teeth on, especially with yeah. them pre-con and BIM. Yeah. But a big, uh, big success for the, for the team, I'd imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Was great. Good, good. And then obviously Holder, then you, as you say, stayed there for a while, then through J.E. Dunn. MJ Harris, now you've been there nine years. How exciting has it been building a BIM VDC division and how, how much has, has it evolved even in the last nine years since you've been at MJ Harris? It, it's evolved a lot. So that's a great thing about VDC, BIM and construction technology in general is you really don't know what you're going to be doing two or three years from now. So in 2011, when I started MJ Harris, I didn't know that I'd be dealing with 360 photos and drones on a regular basis and all the other things outside of BIM that are involved in my job now. So to, um, to think about, you know, maybe it's more uh, use of augmented reality or other types of uh, robotics or anything that could happen years from now is pretty exciting. So it's constantly changing, you're constantly challenged and you're able to really educate everybody 
uh, whether they're in pre-construction or the field or, or any, um, any position within MJ Harris about how technology can help them. So it's exciting to be able to do that anytime you're able to step into a company and do that. Good, good. And as you know, this is the, the this is the pre-construction podcast for our listeners who would be estimators or jun- junior BIM BDC guys, or even people that are in high school or are just about to graduate. They're looking for a career in BIM BDC. How does that complement the estimating and pre-construction team? How important is that collaboration and that that um, that part of a company? How, how important is that team? I think it's very important because you're able to see the building in three dimensions, right? So normally estimators are getting a set of plans and they're either using on-scene or takeoff or some typical method, or maybe they're a little bit more advanced using tools like Revit and Symbol and other things. But anytime that you're able to see the scope of a job that you're quantifying and that you're getting uh, pricing in from trades, the better. So if you're able to share that, those three-dimensional images or even the model itself with the trades that are pricing the work, then they're going to get you a better price because they're going to have a better understanding of the project. The GC themselves, if we're bidding work or we're trying to, we're competing for a negotiated job, we're going to have a better understanding of what we're building and we're going to be able to explain that to the client better in regards to sequencing and how we're going to build it as well as pricing as far as what might cost more to construct a certain way or for a certain type of material. So there have been times where we'll price out different uh, value analysis or value engineering uh, options and say, Mr. Owner, we have a brick option here or maybe a precast option and we can model those two options and show them that how, what the differences will be and what the price difference would be. So that would be another uh, value of having VDC skills within a pre-construction uh, department. Yeah. And, and again, that sort of stuff's invaluable. I mean, there's so much you can do now, as you say, it's evolving so quickly. What, uh, what do you think, and just touching on this, this model, very quickly. Um, what do you think will the future of the model be? Will, will it be the mo- will model the model be at the forefront of everything that we do when it comes to construction, especially from an early stage? I think so. Uh, if you have a negotiated job now, the, you'll see that the designers over the past ten years have really started to share models more with the GC. So we're able to have constant feedback. So it's not just you have a schematic design released. Uh, DD release and a CD release, you're actually getting releases from the model on a weekly basis. So we've done this on several projects, even if they're not IPD projects, we'll still be a CM at risk job, but it'll be negotiated and we'll get models on a weekly basis that we're able to then click a button and see how that um, the scope is changing. And we're able to manage scope creep, we're able to stay uh, transparent with the owner in regards to where their project is going. And I just see it going in that direction more and more as the technology advances, we get more um, cloud usage of the model and it gets faster and even more efficient where you have something to where the uh, design team, the contractor, the owner and everyone are acting as an IPD type contract, but it could be any type of a delivery method. We're just doing this almost on a daily basis. So there's really no surprises ever. So we always know, hey, it's gonna be this cost and we're able to manage this cost and manage this design and everybody's on the same page and even bringing the trade contractors on board even earlier, uh, almost like a team approach type of situation, but it would just be commonplace to where the trades are working with the engineers early on during the design phase, and we're making this a design and a constructible model all at once, which we've done before, but it was kind of a one-off. We've done it a few times where we've had the trades involved uh, with the engineers early as they design and they create shop drawings at the same time, 
And I just like every job to be like that. <laughs> years go on. So where you're really not, where you're not designing it twice, you know, you don't have your design and engineer model, then you have your trade model. You just have it all at once. And you're able to also manage that cost early on because there's no surprises later on for the owner. Yeah. It must be it, it must be unbelievable for for an owner to, to be able to see and for for someone like yourselves, MJ Harris, to turn up and say, listen, this is the model, and by the way, here's the the, the mechanical guys, the electrical guys, this is their model. For them to yeah. be able to see everything and, and literally presenting a team of people. I mean, you always kind of presented uh, resumes of the team that's going to be on it from MJ Harris or or profiles. But how, how good would it be to be able to show that, but also the profiles of the mechanical, electrical? It, it has to be the way forward. I mean, we always talk on this podcast about the, the three-legged stool, uh, the, the owner, the architect, uh, and then the general contractor. That collaboration and almost real-time agile construction methodology has to be has to be the way forward. Um, and I would imagine, especially with your good clients, do you almost pitch that early on or do you do, do you advise them on that in, in regards to having a, an awareness of who's going to be on the team from a yeah. trade standpoint yeah. um we try to we work nationwide so we do follow our clients around the country so we have a we're based in birmingham we have an office in uh, tennessee but we have three or four jobs going on right now in california so as we go into those different markets it's kind of hard to maintain the same trade group all the time um, so you're dealing with new people every time, but as in the future, I would see there being a set standard to where even if it's a new trade, they would be able to come on board early and there would be no surprises in regards to the workflow as owners start to adopt BIM more in the, uh, and require it in specifications. Um, that would be something that we would be able to pitch more if we're locally in Birmingham or, or actually building multiple structures in the same city, then we're able to, kind of offer that to the owner saying, hey, we're going to use these partners that you've worked with before, and this is going to be the process as it was before. So there's not any surprises. Brilliant, yeah. I can just imagine as, as, as an owner, instead of having to, to wait on that dreaded email of a change change order, being able to sit down and every week log into a model and, and visualize, and, and you know yourself, Paul, we're all visual people. I, I, I much prefer visuals than, 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 than actual data been able yeah. to see that any change orders it must be it's just reassuring and, and it has to set you and i mean we've had this conversation on this podcast quite a lot if you're not involved in, in bim and vdc or you haven't got an internal department then you're way behind the, the eight ball um w when it comes to, to pitching for these projects um yeah. and what i like as well is as i mean speaking of auburn i like your your back lecture at auburn was it was that right it, to say i mean i saw a couple of things on linkedin are you back helping out those guys or are, we, are you just dipping in and out helping the next generation yeah there's you know a lot of alumni we'll, we'll go back and we'll lecture on you know whatever expertise we have uh make sure that those guys are kind of staying up to date on what's current and the professors do an amazing job of educating them on the current trends and everything and they always like to have a different perspective you know someone that's doing it day in and day out from the industry come in and do that so yeah i do that as much as i can um and it's really you you're shaping the future there these are the guys that are going to be the future lead ceos and presidents of our companies and um the more we can educate them on technology and get them fired up about it i think the more we're going to have that adoption that we were talking about earlier to where it's more seamless and everybody's on board with everything and uh, we eliminate a lot of the uh, common problems that we have in construction and design today 
Brilliant. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, having someone come out of college that, that you've technically sort of molded and, and, and given advice on is even better to join your team. And as, as, as a director of BIM VDC, how difficult is it building a, a high quality productive team? Um, what are the challenges and, and what does it take to be able to, to get a good, strong, solid team together to be able to move forward? Uh, just You have to find somebody with passion uh, that's interested in uh, doing their job, but also thinking outside the box and someone that's saying, hey, maybe there, there's ways we can improve in this area or this area. Someone that has uh, good social skills, because I would really say 80 to 90% of VDC is going to be social and it's going to be interacting with people. And yeah, you got to have the computer skills and Revit and Navisworks and all those different types of things, but you're going to be talking to people all day long, whether it be a trade contractor or the superintendent in the field or or maybe a, a estimator or anybody. And it your job as a VDC professional is to support everyone else in the company in all different areas. And there's few jobs in a construction company that are, are like that. So most people are kind of in their silo. Of course, they work and work with other people and they try to break down those silos themselves. But by definition, a VDC professional doesn't have a silo because they're with everybody yeah. making everybody's job better. So. Yeah, I love it. And and listen, I get it all the time. We, we, we specialize in recruiting estimators and pre-construction professionals. And right at the beginning, we started four or five years ago, um, the company at the beginning, it was all about their technical ability. It was all about their ability to do their job. They used to maybe sit in a corner and just, just grind out hard bids. Now, in the last year, 16 months, that ability to, to, to collaborate and be client focused is just creeping to the top every ever so often. Um, the, the, the evolution of an estimator, a pre-construction person, a VDC BIM person, it's about getting the best out of a team and being able to, to almost being able to sell your vision or your, your part within a, within a project. Um, and if we could kind of push on now and look at tech stacks, what excites you out there right now about BIM and VDC? Is there any particular technology or product that you think, you know what, this is, I didn't see this coming. This is a game changer. Um, I'd say augmented reality and the uh, Tremble XR10 that uses the HoloLens 2. Uh, that's been out for a few months now and it's, it's been a great uh, change. So we've seen the HoloLens for several years. You'll, you've probably seen it at trade shows and things on the floor and you'll, be able to put it on you can see a model over there and you're like oh that's cool but when you actually use the hololens 2 with a greater field of view and use it on one of your jobs and actually see the pipe out there and where it's supposed to be and where it maybe isn't uh, that's a huge huge benefit not before we actually used it in mj harris on a job i really didn't see the benefit like i do now you see it kind of as a novelty or something oh that'd be a nice to have but when we're able to put it on a superintendent and put it on a piping foreman and instantly see an issue and be able to relocate some pipe because of that, then that's a game changer. So I wow. see things like augmented reality and being able to make that even smaller and cheaper and maybe something to where pipe fitters and other people could wear it because they were wanting to wear it in the field when we use it out there. Said, so, hey, I could actually lay out my pipe with this thing. So when you have people that don't use technology on a regular basis wanting to use technology and instantly seeing value, that gets me excited. So that's just one of the things recently that I've noticed um, that I think is going to continue to improve. Brilliant. Yeah. And as you say, there, like, there's a lot of shiny things out there that, that are coming out, but re stuff that you literally can test on, on a site. And as you say, give the a foreman or a superintendent with, with 25, 30 years experience. It wouldn't be as technologically... Uh, uh, 
savvy as someone like you, but for to be able to put on them and say, wow, this is a game changer and, and yeah. convince them right away, that's a, that's a hell of a benefit for you. Um, good. And, and then give us an idea of, of um, what's, what's, what's the future. I mean, that's right now. What's maybe three or four years down the line? Is there anything specifically? I know we talk about data quite a lot and, and the model within pre-construction and estimating. Is there any kind of, is there anything that's going to change that particular area of, pre, of construction that you see coming down the line? Uh, well, you have uh, softwares out there like a symbol and even some estimating teams are using Revit to do all their quantification and not even using on-screen takeoff or other things. So I think that's going to continue to evolve uh, where people on the estimating side are utilizing the model more and even getting more constant feedback from the design team. So as where we may have design iterations where we're, like I mentioned earlier, where we're designing based off document releases, if they're able to streamline that, um, I guess I wouldn't say design, but estimating, if they're able to streamline that estimating to where you get the feedback even quicker and we're able to notify the owner when scope creep might be happening, when it might be getting a little bit out of budget. So with the use of tools like Assemble and other things to analyze the model and then the more adoption of analytics, Power BI or any other types of internal analytics the company may have, um, getting the owner information quicker is going to continue to increase on the by using BIM, BDC, analytics, and um, really just a understanding of how to use all those tools together and to get that information over to them. So. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And then, is there any, again, when 2005, when you were in university, did, did, you, did you have a, a clear path that BIM VDC was going to be your career? I'm just kind of thinking back to our audience who are graduates or, or even junior people within BIM, BIM VDC. Is there any advice that you would give them um, that, that might help them in their career? Uh, at that time, no, because it really didn't exist. Uh, in the construction industry, it wasn't commonplace. You may have seen a few GCs doing it, but it really wasn't something that was talked about or uh, was even a career option. But getting out there and then thinking outside the box and you know having like-minded people around you, it became an opportunity. So now that it is an opportunity, I know at Auburn University, they do integrate VDC and BIM into all their classes, as well as they have uh, thesis options and other things. So it is a big part of Auburn University now and they do get you very well prepared. So if it's something you're interested in, then I would definitely seek it out in a construction education program and pay extra mind to those types of classes as well as uh, get, educate yourself in the software. There's plenty of resources where you can become good at the software before you graduate. Um, not only that, uh, just thinking outside the box, because maybe there's going to be something else besides BIM and BDC, just as it was for me, that's emerging, that's coming up. Maybe it'll be robotics one day or something else where there's professionals doing that. We've seen lean emerge a lot. And we have a lot of lean professionals, lean construction professionals in companies now. So that would be a good example of one that emerged after BIM. Um, so there's all types of things. And then even if you want to do the standard estimating or project management or field route, uh, being good at the BDC element of it as well is going to enhance your own job and make yeah. it make your job easier. 
absolutely. And as you say, it's all about standing out. I mean, during COVID, during the downtime, young professionals, male, female, always reaching out to me saying, listen, Gareth, I've got some downtime now. I may have been furloughed. What should I do? And I'm constantly saying you've got to upskill yourself. Get certification, whether it be the Autodesk University. Go on to YouTube. There's loads of LinkedIn learning out there to, to be able to upskill yourself. Um, so I totally agree. And it's, it's all about adding value. And as you say, no matter what part of construction you're in, you're going to need BIM BDC or you're going to need an understanding of how it works. Um, so you're in Birmingham uh, at the moment, Paul. What uh, what do you do on the, on the downtime when you're not playing with your uh, XR10 and, and, and your robotics? <laughs> I've got two kids. I've got a five-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy, so that keeps me pretty busy. That's probably really the good. favorite thing to do is spend time with the family. Good. Uh, other things as well, competitive shooter and other types of things that uh, – and golf and all that other stuff so good man when i do have time i'll do some of that stuff but mainly just with the family good man good man no that's not appreciated and listen thank you very much as well for for giving up some time to come and speak to the the pre-construction podcast i really do appreciate it yeah i appreciate it anytime A huge thank you to Paul, um, really good insight into BIM VDC and the challenges we're going to have and also what we can see in the future. If you are interested in hearing more from Paul, I believe he is speaking at the Advancing Pre-Construction Conference, which of course, like all conferences, has gone virtual. So it's on November 3rd. Um, we, Niche SSP and the Pre-Construction Podcast will also be making an appearance. We are set for Friday morning. So that's November 6th. So looking forward to that. Um, as always, folks, please share and like the podcast, the episodes that you're listening to. We have a few more really good guests coming up over the next two weeks. So stay tuned and be safe.